0: So this is a group that has forgotten this instruction of Rasulullah sallallahu wasallam that true the true meaning of maintaining the relationship is actually building the bridge when the person on the other side is breaking the bridge down. Allahu akbar. This is what it is, and this is true because we just said that maintaining family relations is what is part of building jannah, and jannah is expensive, my dear brothers and sisters. It's expensive. Didn't Rasulullah وسلم say, "Ala Inna Silat اللَّهِ That the merchandise of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala is expensive. So if you want gender, you have to work. You can't have it on the plate. You have to work. So if maintaining bonds of kinship is a Jannah building exercise, then it means that it needs you to build that bridge when the person on the other side is breaking it down. And this was Rasulullah sallallahu alaihi wasallam. We don't have to mention many examples. We have famous examples like Taif, like Taif. They stoned him, and they filled his blessed shoes with his blessed blood, sallallahu alaihi wasallam. And he went to them with that which was the gift of their dunya and akhirah. But when Allah subhanahu wa taala offered to to crush them with two mountains, what did he do? What did he do? And this is beyond maintaining. Bonds of kinship, brothers and sisters. We're beyond yeah. that. This is a whole tribe, a distant tribe here. Right? Or meaning, we're saying that there wasn't necessarily blood between him and those who stoned him. Right? Where he had a high obligation of maintaining. This was a haqq which Allah gave him. But what did he say? Sallallahu Alaihi Wasallam. What did he say? No. Rather he made dua for them. That perhaps from their progeny will come those who understand if you destroy them, that progeny won't have a chance. Allahu Akbar. When he took over Makkah brothers and sisters, and his blood kicked him out of Makkah. Now we we bring an example which really fits the, the story at hand, or the topic at hand. They kicked him out. They gave him difficulty. They put a ransom on his head. They harmed the believers. They caused the Muslims to dig a trench around Medina difficulty after difficulty when rasulullah sallallahu alaihi wasallam now had makkah under his control what did he do did he break bridges or build bridges what did he do he forgave them in a bridge building exercise sallallahu alaihi wasallam really this was rasulullah sallallahu alaihi wasallam and we need to follow in his footsteps may allah subhanahu wa ta'ala grant us the understanding Then we have the third group. And this is the ideal group. And this is the group we ask Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala to make us from. And make our families from. And this is the group of servants of Allah and O children of Adam that has families that are proactive when it comes to maintaining bonds of kinship. When there's a family event, they do not wait to be asked. Somebody in the family is getting married, they're not waiting for a call. I need help. they there saying, how can we help? They are proactive. They live the sunnah of Rasulullah with regards to this title. They build bridges and don't worry about what's happening from the other side. They live with other people based on the Islamic character and not based on their character. Subhanallah. They don't say, well, they, be, they are with me like this, so I will be... Like that with them. No. They never let other people define their character. They let Rasulullah wasallam define their character. And they made the sunnah of Rasulullah wasallam their values. And thus they were defined as what their values showed them to be. And this is it. If we lose our values, brothers and sisters, what do we have? What do we have? When a Muslim says i will not do this because they didn't do that what value is that that is defining you do you think anyone would define you with that attitude to be from the to be from amongst those that follow the sunnah of muhammad sallallahu alaihi wasallam do you think so do you think anyone will consider you to be a reviver of the sunnah put you within that family when you have a tit for tat attitude never Never. So these are people who live the sunnah of Rasulullah wasallam. And when you ask them, what is your character? They say, the character of Muhammad wasallam. That's what defines me. I wake up every day thinking, how am I to that benchmark? Not how am I to Muhammad and Yusuf and the level of their character. May Allah grant us the understanding. They are those who do not look at the bank balance and see what the other person deposited before they go forward. Remember we said, Relationships are based on emotions. Based on emotions. So they are active and they are proactive. And they understand the importance of maintaining bonds of kinship. Thus, they make dua to Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. And they ask Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala to assist them in this obligation of maintaining bonds of kinship. And we've heard the ahadith. These ahadith don't give us the understanding that this is, you know, it's a sunnah. For those who want to differ between the sunnah and the wajib. Yes, there's a difference, but in terms of responsibility, they share equal responsibility. We must look after the sunnah. It's from the instruction of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala to follow Muhammad sallallahu alayhi wa sallam. Right? Right? So it's important. So they don't worry about whether the other party reciprocates. And they make dua to Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala and ask Allah to make them diligent with regards to this obligation because they've looked at the sunnah of Rasulullah sallallahu alayhi wa sallam and they've looked at the Qur'an and they have seen that this is wajib. Maintaining bonds of kinship is wajib. My jannah depends on it. And if I don't, if I'm not diligent, I could be flung into the depth of jahannam. May Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala protect us. May Allah protect us, brothers and sisters. So I hope in this talk, in this series, and what I've shared with you, a light bulb has gone up, has switched on in our head, has switched on in our head. Inshallah, Inshallah, because remember we said we need to be people of substance. Let's not show one thing whilst we something else, right? The Sharia never praised a hypocrite. The Sharia never praised a hypocrite. Be from amongst those that fit into this third group. Those who remember that Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala said, وَعْبُدُوا Worship Allah. وَلَا bihi And do not associate partners with Him. Ihsana, and be good to your parents. al And maintain the bonds of kinship. Imagine, Allah has tied it to tawheed. Tawheed, the essence behind which, upon which everything in existence stands. The oneness of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. Allah says, worship one Allah and do not associate partners with him. And be dutiful to your parents, and maintain the bonds of kinship. Be those people who remember these ayat, O servants of Allah, and O children of Adam. May Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala grant us the understanding. Ameen. I want to share with you a story, before I end. A true story. And I've discussed the story in another talk of mine titled, Forgiveness. And it was appropriate to be used in that particular talk because it does epitomize the importance of forgiving others. But this story, given the characters in the story, also teaches us and inshallah will inspire us to be better people when it comes to our relatives. During the time of the Prophet wasallam, Allah tested Medina with a great test. A great test. And this was with regards to Aisha radiyallahu anha. For once, when the Muslims were coming back from a journey, she left the caravan, and they thought she was inside her hawdaj, her canopy, and they carried on. And when she got back to that place, she saw them. She saw that the caravan had left, and she was stranded. So she thought to herself, "Let me stay where I am. They will realise what's happened, and they will come back for me." And it was the norm of the caravans then that they would have a person ride behind the caravan. One person. Just in case anything fell off the caravan, this person would pick it up and take it to Medina. Right? And in cricket countries, uh, when I do this talk in cricket countries, I like to say we would call this person a sweeper. A sweeper. You know, in in cricket at the boundary, what do we put? We put a sweeper there, isn't it? We also know about cricket. And I'm sure you all know Zimbabwe only because of the cricket. Many people say if it wasn't for cricket, we wouldn't even know of this country. So, the sweeper on that day was a sahabi by the name of Safwan. And as he came towards Medina or on his route, he saw something in his path and he knew that this is something that I need to check. It must be something from our caravan. And as he got closer, he recognized that it was Aisha radiallahu anha. And, and he says, I recognized her from before hijab became compulsory. Right? And the scholars use this hadith to say that this is evidence that it's wajib to cover the face during hijab. Right? But that's as a footnote for you all. Because he says, I recognized her from before hijab. Right? Which means she was covered, but there's, there's features, right? When, when, when you know someone before they cover, there's features that allow you to pick up who they are. Right? So he brought her to Medina. When he came to Medina, the hypocrites decided to use this as a means of disuniting the Ummah. So they, they started spreading rumors about her and Safwan. Radiallahu anhu. Rumors that our mother, it was far beyond her. It was far beyond her. But they spread these rumors. And Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala through his divine wisdom made these rumors manifest and become rampant and abundant in Medina to such an extent that it shook Medina. To such an extent that it shook the house of Rasulullah sallallahu alayhi wasallam, And he even stopped going to the house of Aisha radiallahu anha. Because they were waiting for revelation. Allah made this last for a month or longer. This was his wisdom. And thereafter, Allah revealed ayat that will be recited till the day of Qiyamah, purifying Aisha radiallahu anha. And that's why Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala says, لَا شَرًّا لَكُمْ بَلْ هُوَ That don't consider what happened and the delay in you being exonerated something evil. Nay, it was good for you. Allah has divine wisdom behind His tests. Now, When these rumors became rampant, some of the sahaba fell prey to these rumors. And one of them was a relative of Abu Bakr radiallahu anhu, who Abu Bakr radiallahu anhu used to maintain bonds of kinship with. And this person was from the early Muslims. He migrated from Mecca to Medina. And he was poor. So Abu Bakr, Remember we said maintaining bonds of kinship is sharing with all your relatives the good that Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala gives you. So he was poor. So Abu Bakr radiallahu anhu used to maintain bonds of kinship with Misthah, his relative who was poor and he used to spend on him. But Misthah was one of the sahaba radiallahu anhum who fell prey to the rumors. And sort of concurred to what the hypocrites were saying. And this upset Abu Bakr greatly. Right? And I would discuss the story slightly differently or emphasize certain points on it if I was discussing it from the topic of forgiveness. And and inshallah, you can go online and the topic is there. It's called forgiveness. And it's online, it was done in Qatar with an organization known as Fana. And listen to it, inshallah, it will be of benefit. So when Mistah did this, Abu Bakr became upset. So he took a qasam by Allah. Never ever to spend on Mistah again. So that was a cut in terms of maintaining family relations. But didn't Abu Bakr have a right to be upset? Given that you my relative, I spend on you. If there was any side you should have taken, it should have been our family's side. Did he not have a right to be upset? And do what he did? Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala revealed ayat that will be also recited to the day of Qiyamah. Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala revealed, (laughs) وَلَا يَأْتَلِ أُولُو الْفَضْلِ مِنْكُمْ وَالسَّعَةِ أَن يُؤْتُوا أُولِي الْقُرْبَاءِ وَالْمَسَاكِينَ وَالْمُهَاجِرِينَ فِي سَبِيلِ اللَّهِ وَلْيَعْفُوا وَلْيَصْفَحُوا أَلَا تُحِبُّونَ أَنْ يَغْفِرَ اللَّهُ لَكُمْ وَاللَّهُ غَفُورٌ Allahu Akbar. Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala revealed and said, it wasn't for a man of honor and financial standing and material well-being. Meaning who? Abu Bakr. A man who was given glad tidings of Jannah before he passed away. Imagine our situation. Allah tells him, it wasn't a man of honor and financial standing and material well-being to take a qasam never to spend on the poor and never to spend on their relatives and never to spend on those who migrated from Makkah to Medina. This is what Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala revealed about Abu Bakr radiallahu anhu. And Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala commanded him and said, وَلْيَعْفُوهُ وَلْيَصْفَحُهُ Instead, pardon him and forgive him. Did he not have a right to be upset? Allah is commanding him to pardon him and forgive him. And Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala says, أَلَا تُحِبُّونَ أَن يَغْفِرَ اللَّهُ Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala says, Do you not love for Allah to forgive you? Subhanallah. Do you not love for Allah to forgive you? Wallahu ghafoorun Rahim, And Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala is the most forgiving, the most merciful. Look at these ayat, O servants of Allah. Look at these ayat. When it comes to maintaining bonds of kinship. If you ask me, until when must I maintain? How much must I tolerate? How much must I tolerate? I try and I try. I try and I try. And there's no reciprocation. How much must I do? For how long must I carry on? The answer to that question is do it for as many times as you would love for Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala to forgive you. That is the answer to your question, O servant of Allah and O children of Adam. May Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala grant us the understanding. I end with a hadith where Rasulullah sallallahu alayhi wa sallam said, من أحب أن يبسط له في رزقه وينسأ له في رحمة That the one who wants barakah in his money, in his wealth, and he wants barakah in his life, and his time, then let him maintain family relations. Subhanallah. We normally say in the corporate world that reward is proportionate to to effort. Proportionate to effort, right? And in Islam we say we understand the significance of the effort based on the reward that has been placed on that effort. You've all heard today the rewards that has been placed on the effort of maintaining bonds of kinship. Thus understand, O servants of Allah. If Allah has set such an amazing reward for doing this endeavor, for practicing this endeavor, then the endeavor itself must be be holy, must be sacred, must be important. This is the message I leave you all with, my dear brothers, my dear sisters, my dear mothers and fathers. And we need to be people of action, not people of theory not people of theory. I'm not going to ask you to do this now. But I am going to ask you to do this as soon as you get into your vehicles. For the sake of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. For the sake of Allah, squash your ego. Squash your nafs and what it's telling you, or what it's pushing you against. Squash your egos. For the sake of Allah, pick up your phone. And phone a family member that you have severed ties with. And phone a family member that you've been neglecting. And greet them with the greeting of Islam. Assalamu Alaikum wa rahmatullahi wa barakatuh. And tell them that you love them for the sake of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. And tell them that you're phoning to check if they're okay. And you need to meet up sooner rather than later. And inshallah, there will be a follow-up call where you can plan that arrangement. Can we do that? Can we do that? Inshallah, yes or Inshallah, no? Inshallah, which Inshallah? Allah is a witness to this deal that we've just made between us. Allah is a witness to this deal that we've just made between us. Right? Right? I haven't flown thousands of kilometers for theory, O servants of Allah and O children of Adam. I've come here for that which is practical. I want you to do it for the sake of Allah. For the sake of Allah. And if done, it will be a great means of happiness to my my own heart. And what I endeavor to achieve in terms of following my own vision, and I shared this with you yesterday, that I get up every morning with the ambition of igniting societies that benefit humanity. And this topic is up there with the topics that we said yesterday are topics that ignite our communities. So Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala is a witness to what we have discussed. Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala is a witness to this deal that we've made. As soon as you get into your vehicles, as soon as you get a private moment, if if you're in your vehicle with people who you you don't want to speak, uh, you don't want to speak in their presence, as, as soon as you get home. As soon as you get home. In fact, don't even wait till you get home. Park the car somewhere private in a safe area and get out of your car and make this call. Because we never know when the angel of death is Counting the seconds next to us. By Allah, we never know. Don't leave it till it's too late. You saw that the bonds of kinship asked Allah to protect it. And Allah answered the dua that the bonds of kinship made. This requires no delay, O servants of Allah. May Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala grant us the understanding. Ameen. May Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala forgive us for our mistakes. May Allah forgive us for our lack of diligence. May Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala forgive us for our pettiness. May Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala to inspire us to be the best followers of the sunnah of Rasulullah sallallahu alayhi Wasallam, And those who follow in the footsteps of the sahaba radiallahu anhum Ajma'in. May Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala make us th- those who live for His sake and act for His sake and never ever worry about what people will say about us. They will say we weak if we keep on asking for forgiveness or if we keep on forgiving others. It doesn't matter. May Allah make us understand that weakness is in leaving the sunnah of Rasulullah sallallahu alayhi wa sallam, irrespective of how well society grades that. And true strength is in following the sunnah of Rasulullah sallallahu alayhi wa sallam, even if society treats us as strange people when we follow that sunnah. May Allah grant us this understanding. May Allah not cause us to die before we have maintained the bonds of kinship. And may Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala gather us with all our relatives in Jannatul Firdaus. In Jannatul Firdaus. Ameen. Ameen. Brothers and sisters, Ali radiallahu anhu used to say, Inna Allah akhfaathnatayni fithnatayn. Inna Allah akhfaathnatayni fithnatayn. Allah has hidden two things in two things. Allah has hidden two things in two things. He has hidden the knowledge of His happiness and acceptance of our worship after we worship Him. It's hidden. It's hidden. We do something good, we shouldn't become proud. We should become more humble. Because we don't, Allah has hidden that knowledge of whether He has accepted this ibadah from us. Thus, we should become more humble and ask Allah to accept from us and ask Allah to forgive us. And Allah has hidden the knowledge of His awliya from amongst us. He has hidden the knowledge of His awliya from amongst us. Wallahi when I heard the statement, it caused me to ponder and think. And I love to say it in every talk, because it deserves to be said. It deserves to be said. Look how Ali radiyallahu an thought of these two things. By Allah, if you ponder over it, you will see the wisdoms behind Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala hiding this knowledge from us. Allah has hidden, has hidden the knowledge of His happiness after we worship Him, so we can be more diligent in our worship of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. We can keep on trying harder. We can keep on trying harder. If we knew that our worship is accepted, we would start worshiping Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala like a budget. Like a budget. We have this many assets and this many liabilities. Allah wants us to keep on striving with regards to the rights of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala with every moment of our life, with every breath that we breathe. So His divine wisdom dictated that He kept the knowledge of Him being happy over us after we worship, him hidden. So we persevere with the rights of Allah. And then Allah kept the knowledge of His awliya from amongst us hidden. Why? So we persevere with the rights of the ibad of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. The hukuq al-ibad, and from them is maintaining the bonds of kinship. We persevere. Why, O servants of Allah? Because we don't know who is from the awliya of Allah. And one day we will do some act of goodness for the sake of Allah to a wali from the awliya of Allah. And they will make dua for us. And Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala will make that dua the opening of our dunya al akhirah Allahu Akbar. Allahu Akbar. We don't know who is from amongst the awliya. Who from our relatives could be from amongst those that when they make dua, Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala answers them. So take heed of this message. My dear brothers and sisters, my dear mothers and fathers, Alam. I love you all for the sake of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. Everything correct mentioned is from Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala, and He's perfect. And any mistakes are from myself and shaitan. And I seek Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala's forgiveness. وعلى آله وصحبه اجمعين سبحان الله وبحمده سبحانك اللهم وبحمدك نشهد ان لا اله الا انت نستغفرك ونتوب اليك الله اكبر الله اكبر لا اله الا الله والله اكبر الله اكبر ولله الحمد